tell you this right now. Uh, we, we're, I, I'm ready to, to roll. And, and, and the fact that you guys came in this morning with that horrible news of losing somebody, um, losing another person to this terrible thing of addiction uh, gets me even that more fired up. Um, I, I, I don't get up here and speak these words because I think it's just, you know, like, this isn't like uh, how to improve your life 101 um, every week. Um, we do believe that we're dealing every week with life and death stuff. We do believe that, um, I don't know the last message she heard, but um, I realize that as I get up here to speak or my dad gets up here to speak, it might be the last message somebody hears. So we don't take that lightly. We really want the spirit of God to speak what he wants to speak in this hour and for this moment. And it's not just another, that's why I, I don't like getting into multi-week or multi-month series. And that's very popular in churches because the earth and what's happening and what's going on seems to be changing all the time. And I, I like the idea that God in a moment can change a message and we don't feel like we're messing the whole thing up by, by uh, skipping a week in our series. And we've done some multi-week series before and there's nothing wrong with it, but I believe this is actually the message this morning that God wanted me to speak. And I believe that I'm gonna kind of shift the perspective on it a little bit based on what, what, we, what we have uh, seen. The unfortunate part of, of our journey is that we have, uh, we have buried way too many. We've buried way too many. Um, I probably don't know a pastor my age that's done as many funerals as I've done. Um, a lot of times pastors, as they get older in years, so does their congregation. And so they, they kind of do more funerals towards the end of their life than they do in the beginning. I've done way too many funerals. And I've done way too many funerals of people that were younger than me. Looked way too many moms and dads in the face and tried to give them some sort of hope and comfort when there really is no hope and comfort in that moment. We believe that the gospel, that the good news cannot be declared frequent enough or loud enough because of the very reason that's, that we're facing this morning. We believe that the good news, I want to tell you um, girls that are in the program, I know we call it Esther's because that's what it was years ago, but the girls that are in the program that are struggling this morning, I want to tell you this, there was some debate about whether Nikki was met in heaven whether Nikki was in heaven or not, and uh, because she had some struggles towards the end. And I want to unequivocally tell you that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that she is not just in heaven, but she is resting in the arms of her beloved. Amen. You say, Pastor Dan, how do you know? Well, I don't, we, we talk about, you know, asking Jesus into our hearts, but that's actually nowhere in the Bible. The Bible says that we're all created in his image. And when he breathed his life into us, his spirit was inside of us from the very beginning of time. This church is not about getting you to say, God, come into my heart. This is about us telling you and reminding you that he's there waiting for you to recognize him. And I want to tell you right now, whether Nikki said a prayer or not, she was here and recognized that he was living on the inside of her and she is in heaven because of it. Amen. So uh, I know that's little comfort, but it's some. 
And I can assure you that I can say that with full confidence here today, that she is resting in the arms of her beloved King here today. Amen, church? Um, The title of this message is Heaven is Waiting. Now you know why it makes sense. Heaven's not waiting for us to come, but heaven is waiting for us to do something here. God is saying something in this hour that I believe has been set up by a lot of man-made kind of institutions. Last week, I kind of dove into a political pool, if you will, got a couple nips from the political sharks and got out alive. But uh, I'm not really going there today. I want to kind of preach from a place of what is next. Whether you're happy or not happy about where our country is headed, what is next as believers that really do subscribe to a kingdom that is not of this world and a government for which there will be no end, the increase of there will be no end? What do we do now? Where do we go from here? I've noticed that coming from the church, the loudest voices, the voices that are getting the most attention are the, the ones that are kind of, you know, shining bright, although I don't think they're very bright, are the ones that seem to be filled with the most partisan rhetoric, the most extreme language, the most um, damaging and hurtful and divisive stuff. Those seem to be the voices that are being heard the ones that are dividing, the ones that are labeling, the ones that are calling names. And and the sad part of it is, is that there are more voices in the church that really do want more peace and love and hope for their neighbors than the ones that don't. There are more voices in the church that want unity than that want division. There are more voices in the church that, that, that want to include and bring in every lost and hurting and sin-sick person than the ones that don't. But the ones that don't are the ones that seem to be the loudest. We actually, I studied this as I was preparing for this message. Uh, there's a woman who wrote a book and, and, and science and, and psychologists will tell you that we have three modes when we're in a situation. Traditionally, it's been flight or fright. Or fight, sorry. Flight or fight. Fright too. Flight. I can't say that 10 times fast. Or fight. We either fight or we run. But they've added a third one that starts with an F. It's freeze. You ever been in a situation where you look back and you realize, I froze. I was scared. Something happened. I wasn't expecting it. And I froze. I don't know what to do. And we're not, you're not fighting, but you're not running and you just freeze. Well, the problem with the freeze kind of um, uh, mode that we go into in situations is that it actually creates and causes great trauma in our bodies. We almost become numb to what is happening around us because our bodies and our brains aren't allowing us to react to what's happening. And I believe spiritually and maybe even mentally or emotionally, a lot of believers are in freeze mode right now. They just don't know what to do or say. And religion has a way of, believe it or not, silencing our voices. Religion has a way of silencing our voice 
when it's time for us to speak because we're worried about, well, what if I say this? Will God be upset this way? What if I say this? Will people think that I'm not a believer? Well, I kind of really feel strongly about this, but if I say this, what, what if people judge me for thinking that way? Or, or, or if I include that person, or if I reach out to that person, what will people think about what I think about them and what they're doing? And, and do they think I'm being permissive? Do they think I'm being this? Do I think I'm being that? And so there's religion and all of these crazy rules that we have there that, that we're trying, we're being governed by has a way of freezing us in place. And the most good-hearted people that the world, that our city, that our state, that our nation needs to hear from are silent because they're frozen. And some of us are in this room. So Pastor Dan's going to do something that I have never done before. I am going to, through the word of God, tell you and show you why I believe prophetically now is the hour to get louder than we have ever been before. Do we have any loud mouths here? Y'all, this, I'm going to teach you something. Can I teach you something? Can I teach, can Pastor Dan teach you something that's going to help you get along your relationships better? When I ask questions like that, do not look anywhere but forward. Do you understand me? I saw some of you. Pretty much, if I'm asking a question, look forward, all right? I'm setting you up to fail. Do we have any loud mouths here? My dad is, my dad's, my dad's Italian, so he has two, two levels usually, loud and louder, right? And so if he's like addressing volunteers outside, it's almost like he's mad, but he's not mad. You know, we have volunteers at the food bank and you got like, there's four of them right? Not a crowd. And he's like, well, we're going to do today. You see those turkey, right? It's like, some of us got a loud mouth. Not me, of course. It's an Italian, that New York thing. Everybody's loud in New York, right? Um, in Joshua, we find a situation where there are walls that are built around a city. Y'all feel like there are any walls that have been built in our culture, in our society? Come on. And Joshua commands the people in verse 10, he says, you shall not shout or make your voice heard. Neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Then you shall shout. I think some of us just read the first part of this and just say, well, I just might as well be quiet. But he's like, no, 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 there's coming a day where I'm gonna want you to get it loud I want you to get loud because it's going to be your voice that's going to cause the walls to come down. If we get loud so that we can build a wall, and I'm not talking about the border wall. Please, gosh, people, get over it, okay? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about walls that separate us as people, as humanity. If we raise our voice to build a wall, we got a problem. If we raise our voice to tear down a wall, now we're talking. <laughs> Do you hear me? And so he says, there's going to come a day in verse 16. You can go to the next one. And at the seventh time when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, shout for the Lord has been, shout for the Lord has given you the city and the city, the city and all that is within it. I'm sorry. If my mom was here, she'd be going out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
What I want, meant to say was, <laughs> the Lord has given you the shitty city. <laughs> God, the kids are gone. And the city and all that is within it shall be <laughs> devoted to the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in the house shall live because she hid the messengers whom he sent. Verse 20, so the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people sounded a great shout. And we know we can go on and they capture the city. I want you to notice something right now. The, their voices when they were lifted at the right moment, tore down walls and rescued a prostitute. <laughs> you say, well, they rescued her because she you know, took care of the messengers. No, I just want to stop there. <laughs> I did not mean that either. <laughs> That's what it's... <laughs> Because she hid the messengers whom we sent. <laughs> Y'all, next week we're going to be speaking about purity. <laughs> Their voices caused walls to come down and a prostitute and her family to be rescued and saved. Not a prostitute to be labeled a prostitute not a family to be shamed. They didn't lift their voice up so that walls could be built and people could be shamed. They raised their voices so that walls would come down and people who were in shame would no longer be in shame. Come on, do you hear me? Oh, come on, there's a voice that God is waiting to arise from our nation that will break down and tear down walls and release people from shame. I... Uh, I want to read you Isaiah 60. Hopefully I can make it through this one without getting R-rated or worse. Isaiah 60, verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will be seen, be seen upon you. The nations shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. We have a lot of definitions of what it means right now to arise and shine, but I'm going to tell you right now, there's only one. Come on. Our opinions of what it means to rise and shine don't matter. <laughs> there's only one opinion that matters when it comes to arising and shining. We have a lot of people that are arising and shaming or arising and screaming, but not arising and shining. I got into a very petty back and forth with the pastor uh, uh, in the area uh, because he wrote uh, something having to do with the inauguration and, and, and how ridiculous it was that some people prayed and some Christian songs were sung and and how could this party do this because of their politics and all that stuff? And, and I understand people don't agree, and I get it. I totally get why, why, why there are parts really of both parties that go really against um, our faith. Amen? Um, but I thought to myself, they're praying. And the person at home just heard a prayer. And somebody who at one time was singing some nasty song about, you know, this and that, that probably goes along with the last five minutes of my sermon, is now singing Amazing Grace. 
and we have a problem with it? We pray for people in Hollywood and the music industry to get saved, quote unquote, and to begin to see the light. And then they do something that has God attached to it and we criticize them. And on Facebook, call them Lady Gag Me. So I, very petty, <laughs> got into an argument basically saying, you cannot drive back hate with hate. You cannot drive back darkness with darkness. There is only one type of light that needs to shine from believers in the church. One. You say, well, what is that light? Let me tell you what that light is. Check this out. So in the beginning, this is really cool. In the beginning of Genesis, God creates light, right? Do you know that we don't see a mention of light as a metaphor throughout the rest of Genesis? You won't see it. Do you know when the next time we find out what light is or, or light is referenced? Mm -mm. It's an exodus. And guess what it was during? A plague. Anybody going? This is ding, ding, ding. It was during a pandemic. After creation, the next time light is mentioned is during a plague. I believe God's speaking something prophetically to us in this moment of time. In Exodus 10.23, this is where the next time we pick it up, 10 chapters into Exodus, no one could see anyone else or leave his place for three days because darkness, a cloud of darkness had covered all of Egypt. Yet all the Israelites had light in the places where they lived. See, they could speak to the darkness because they had the light. We can't fight darkness with darkness. We can't fight hate with hate. We can't fight insults with insults. We can't fight control with control. We've got to fight darkness with light. And I'm telling you right now, in the middle of a plague, in the middle of a pandemic, there is light inside of Israel. That's you and me. There is light inside of the church and we no longer need to be silent. We need to take that from Isaiah 60, that arise, shine. The light has come. The light is here. The moment is now to raise our voices and to lift them up and to tear down walls and to release people from shame and prisons and all of the stuff that they're battling. The time is right now. We can't waste another day being silent. You have to trust yourself. You have to trust the heart that you have. You say, Pastor Dan, I didn't go to seminary. Join the club. Pastor Dan, I don't, I don't know the Bible that, that well. Do you know the heart of God? Because if you know the heart of God for humanity, it's time to lift your voice up. And where there is darkness and condemnation and where somebody's being mocked and where somebody's being hated upon and where somebody's being divided and kicked aside and marginalized, we need to raise our voice. But what if people think, I don't care. I'm so beyond caring what people think. So beyond caring what people think. Because subscribing to what people think got me so far away from the heart of God, I can't even tell you. And at the end of the day, you'll never please them. But there's a God in heaven who's looking down upon creation saying, hey, I, I, can I get, um, this is like, this should be just called Pastor Dan's pet peeves, this sermon. You know what my next pet peeve is? 
praying for revival. Well, that sounds weird. Why does it upset you? Because revival is here. And praying for revival is an excuse to not go out and be revival. That was a weak amen. What are you waiting for God to do? And why are we praying for revival? What is he going to come down and do? Just start miraculously plucking people out of their house with like a stork and dropping them in church? Do you know that it says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the same spirit that revived Christ from the dead is living in us and it will revive our mortal body. Where do you think revival is? Here. That's why I say heaven is waiting because we keep going to God saying, can you do something? And he's like, I did. I sent you. Look at what you got. Go do it. There's, there, there's, there's like, I know everybody's like, Pastor Dan, do you really have to get on that stuff? Yes. Because we, there's worship gatherings going on right now all around the nation. It's awesome. Great. Let's get together. The corporate body of Christ, let's worship the Lord and then pray for revival for 10 hours. What if those 5,000 people took 10 hours going through their community and cleaning it up and painting houses and building stuff? That's revival. Do you and I actually need God to come down and be like, so this is what revival would look like. Your neighbor lady over there, I don't know if you've noticed, but her water's off and she can't take a shower. And so she's having to, you know, go in her pool or whatever else. Or, or the guy in front of you at the grocery store is $10 short. Or that person you haven't spoke to in, in six years, you know, I'm moving upon your heart to reach out to. Or, you know, that nephew or that, grandparents or that coworker who doesn't have enough money to go to her uh, OB appointment. Like, do we really need God to come down and like miraculously show us? Or is it one simple act of love and kindness and humanity after another that will begin to see a sweeping, just, a, just an absolute avalanche and, and, and tsunami of people coming to the knowledge that there is something out there. There is a light out there that, that has been waiting to encounter them, but it's only going to happen through you and I. And it's Time for us to get loud with our voices, with our actions, and with our money. Amen. Come on. Amen. Every post you make on Facebook is a vote. Every action you take is a vote. Every dollar you spend is a vote. Where, what are we pointing to? There was another light that pointed to something. It was a light above a manger. That light said, Jesus is here. I want to tell you this right now. Don't give me this, you know, I love people and that's why I'm going out there saying all this mean stuff. And I'm telling them the truth. Light always points to Jesus. Doesn't point to your, your or mine, uh, you know, beating people up over the head and trying to hold them to a standard that even ourselves have not been able to uh, be held up to. It's not, it points to Jesus. We 
our goal as believers is simply to shine bright, to get loud and proud and say, here is Jesus. This is what he looks like on the earth. It is healing. It is wholeness. It is love. It is forgiveness. He is right here. Anything else is not our eyes shine. It's not light. So it's funny because the people out there who are, quote unquote, getting the loudest are the ones that don't have the light. And the ones that have the light are being quiet because we're afraid of making a mistake. We need to flip the tables. We need to tell those people, y'all need to be quiet because you're making the church look like a bunch of lunatics. And it's time for us, the people of God that understand his heart, that aren't afraid to wrap our arms around somebody who hasn't showered in three days, who aren't afraid to get out there in the trenches and dig a little bit, who aren't afraid to put our money where our mouth is and our actions where our mouth is and to get loud about the ones that aren't afraid. It's time for us to be the ones that raise our voice. It's time for us to arise and shine. It's time for us to be out there and be very, very clear with who we are and what we are. Well, I don't want to offend people. Well, you know that I've actually offended people by saying everybody is welcome in the house of God. Everybody? Yeah, that offends me. Really? I mean, if you're offended by that, I can offend you. I'm like, that offends me. Your shoes are too bright. That offends me. Thank you. Don't do that. Last time somebody told me that, I gave them away, and I'm not doing it this time. Just kidding. That offends me. Everything offends me. It offends me. I'm like, everyone's welcome here. I, I had one of the most prominent like, families in the religious area here come to me and be like, so everybody's welcome here? Yeah. Like these people and these people. Yeah. We can't be here anymore. Okay. Okay. Well, let me tell you why I feel that way. Two hours later, we'll get back to you. Three weeks later, we're not coming back. Okay. Okay. Well, that's not going to silence me. Because light is light. And we're called to shine. And when we shine, some folks aren't going to like it. And that's okay. But guess what? We're not after them. Do you hear me? We're after the billions and billions and billions upon people that have yet to know that there is a light that shines bright for them that is pointing to a living, loving Savior. That's who we're after. Come on. Is this all right? It's 10.58. I got to finish. Uh, John 1, 5 says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I'm telling you, the darkness has not overcome the light that you and I have and share. It doesn't matter if you have nothing in your bank account. It doesn't matter what's going on on the earth or our nation. The light has not been overcome. And what happened? What is it? The life brings what? Light. Our light brings life. Come on, where there is darkness and death, our light brings life. 
One last scripture in Matthew says this, if Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, put it on a stand, but on a stand and gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your what? Good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Do you want to know why we don't like shining? Because it requires some work. You know what doesn't require work? Praying for revival. I'm serious. I love prayer. I love to pray. I love to remind God of his promises over us. But then what? We got to do something. We got to do something. The Bible says faith without works is dead. So God, I believe you're here and you love humanity. He's like, okay, you have the faith. Now go show them I love them. Can I just spend a little bit more time talking about what you said? And he's like, I got it. Somebody said, if we talk to our wife or our spouse or our friend the way we talk to God, it would sound like this. All right, Katie, you're going to be my wife. Okay, sorry. It's a really bad gig, I know. So if I, sit, if I talk to Katie the way we talk to God, it would sound something like this. Wife, I, I would like it if wife, you could go to the store, wife. And wife, if you could go and get something um, for some deodorant wife, because I, I need deodorant wife before I go to, like, that's how he was like, God, please, we, God, we need you, God. He's like, I know you're talking to me. I get it, right? And it's like, we'll pray for like three hours for the same thing. Can you imagine if for three hours I said to you, wife, can you please, wife, go to the store? Wife, you promised me you'd go to the store. In this uh, journal entry on this date, uh, Katie 316, you said, wife, you were going to go to the store, wife, and get wife for three hours straight. Like, God's like, oh, okay, oh, okay, oh, okay, oh, okay, I got it, I got it. You want revival to come. Guess what? You have the spirit of revival inside of you. Now go do it. And we're like, wife, but, but here you said, wife, that you would, wife, that you would. I know I'm being a little, little, little coy, but let me tell you this, and I got to end. I really, truly believe that this is the moment in time. I want to wrap all this up for you. This is the moment in time where the light of God needs to shine. And if you are a person who is froze in the middle of all this and said, I don't know what to do, you're probably the person that needs to be the loudest. And we are loud, not just with our voices, but with our actions, where we spend our resources, where we spend our time. We need to get loud. We need to spend less time trying to figure out who belongs on what side of the wall and more time lifting our voice so that the wall will come down. And this is the moment. This is the moment for you and I to not hold back. To make sure that we're honorable, we're kind, we're loving in our words, which I was not completely this week. We need to be honorable and kind and loving, but we need to represent like that star above the manger and keep going, here it is. Here it is. Come far and come wide. Here it is. It's good news. It's good. I bring you good tidings. Come on. It's good news. It's right here. It has come. It is good news. We need to point to the good news. And if it sounds like negativity, sounds like someone unkind, if it sounds like anger, if it sounds like mocking, if it sounds like any of that, even if it feels right, it's not light. It's time to arise and shine and be light for this hour. 
Does that sound all right? Love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bless you.